Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC Buenos Aires, our main event. Neil Magny taking on the hometown guy. Santiago Ponzinibbio is the main event, co-main event. We have Ricardo Lamas taking on Darren Elkins. Here at Fight IQ, we talk DraftKings, breaking down each fight for your DFS contest. I am your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Analysts of Fight IQ, Chris Olson, Joe, at Real Chris Olson, at Sun Tzu. So if you hear us mixing up Joe and Sun Tzu, that's why they are interchangeable. Guys coming off, I think, a pretty pretty successful card last week. Uh, how'd you guys do? I fared pretty well, and are you looking forward to this card, Joe? Well, before we start on that, um, I, I, I am compelled to give our listening audience of millions my my – Sun Tzu lock play on this, this Invicta card that's right now on Fight Pass. And uh, I, I fear that I've already moved the line because I gave this play out to the listeners of the Creating Alpha pod. But um, at the time, it was Vivian Pereira plus 100 against Mizuki. Uh, now it is Vivian Pereira minus 110. She is still a dog. But that that is my Sun Tzu Invicta dog play. Um, you know, get in on that. Um, bet with your head, not over it. Uh, I had a sweat for the second week in a row last week. It was not nearly the same sweat that I had when I was with Sean at MSG. Um, but I was in a seven-player 1,060 contest where everybody had, yeah, 
So it was one of those weird contests where after the Cerrone-Perry fight, the outcome was already decided. Um, and I needed Cerrone to score another one and a half points to tie for second and win three and tie for $3,000 or two more points to actually win and win $3,000. So it was another one of those where, you know, it was like the last fight that meant anything. I needed, uh, you know, someone to score a few more points than they actually scored. So as it turned out, I actually did end up losing some money because of that. Um, with a lineup that went six and zero, <laughs> because it was that kind of card. It, yeah. it was. It was. It was all a sharps looked looked pretty good last week. So I was. I, I again, like I said, I, I at least had a good week. Chris, how did you fare? Did you manage to overcome Ashley Yoder defeating Amanda Bobby? You know Cooper? what? You know what, dude? The past two weeks between judges and like weirdness happening, like like three weeks ago, I I got wiped out. Not man enough to admit it, but the past two weeks have just been judges and weirdness happening between between Kurt Holliball and Shane Burgos and weird decisions like uh uh I, I forget nothing, what the first nothing last week should have killed you. Like I, it, it didn't kill me but it but it was just like come on and then and then well, Yair yeah, at the end it was just yeah, perfect, you were on jo- on Korean zombie yeah that, that was a perfect Sunday on the uh the perfect cherry rather on the shit Sunday so I'm ready to move on. There's some weirdness here on this card that I kind of like. I kind of like these weird cards. I like because I feel like there's edge to be had in them. So yeah. let's uh, get it going. I, I I will say just the one thing I want to touch on about the uh, the judging. Well, we had there were some weird scorecards last week. I don't really think there were any bad decisions. Oh. You could say Yoder and Cooper coin toss, but it wasn't like somebody got robbed. That was a close fight. Like De La Rosa didn't win that fight either. Yes, he did. And it, yes, no, yeah, no. it was a clear 29-20. No, no, no. Here. Sanchez what, landed the harder shots off fight. Come on, man. That was close. I mean, Del, Del Rosa, though, had the last laugh because right. he, didn't earn, his, he didn't earn his salary. No, nothing, was an, nothing was a robbery is the point. And I played, not, no, I played Del Rosa. But I played Del Rosa is, in my 6 0 like, lineup, and he, he didn't pay his salary. You know what it is? It's, it's not a robbery, but it's like, you know what? Why can't the, the guy who deserves to win just win? I mean, you know. Agree to disagree on that one. Let's let's move on. Let's get to this card. Before we start, make sure and check out Rotowire. Rotowire.com slash free. Check out all their usually paid content for 10 days. No credit card required. Season-long all sports. Daily fantasy all sports. Optimizers. Articles. All the good stuff. 10 days. No credit card required. And now let's talk about UFC in Buenos Aires, where we are going to have a ton of live dogs, at least in my opinion. Let's start off with a fight where I do like to favorite pretty handily. Nad Naramani, 9,100, taking on Anderson Dos Santos, 7,100. Naramani's the big favorite, minus 345. Ah, Sean locking up again. Dropping out. She's to odds on Dos Santos is plus 315. Naramani coming off a win over um, Khalid Taha. Shoots for a decent double. He's coming, he was a former cage warrior champion. Overall, Anderson, Anderson Dos Santos, I don't think is a UFC caliber fighter. Making his debut here, I think Naramani has an edge pretty much wherever this fight goes. Um, although this fight is expected to go to a decision. For DraftKings, I'm not so sure about the ceiling, but I am picking Naramani to win. Um, by decision, and he could either keep it standing and went on the feet, went on the feet, or take it down. Uh, so 
Naramani pretty comfortably this week. Let's start with Chris. Uh, before before we start, I need to say what's up to unemployed Mario Yamasaki in the chat. How are you? Uh, <laughs> thanks for stopping by. Um, I, uh, that's hilarious. Listen, I, listen I, I would have rather have Yamasaki in there than the um, the, the the Chad Skelly submission last week. Oh, that's another one. I forgot about that okay. one. Thank you. That's another one there. Sure. Rather have rather have Yamasaki in there. He would have let him go out like a warrior. I know, right? Proceed, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I pretty much agree with you. I, I, I don't think uh, Dos Santos is a UFC fighter either. I'm pretty sure this fight is like third string, right? There was a dropout and then another dropout yeah. and then we get Dos Santos. So, I mean, you know, you, you sort of expect it to a certain extent. Um, you know, he's a wrestler. He comes forward, but he tends to walk straight in and doesn't really throw strikes all that much. So, I mean, he just makes fights so easy on his opponents. They can circle out. They can tag him up as he's coming in. And I don't even think he's that great of a wrestler for all the pressure he puts on. Um, he seems to have a tough time getting takedowns on the regional level. So, yeah, I just think, I mean, Naramani should be able to just um, stick that jab in there and pick him off when he's coming in. He should be the better wrestler. He should be the stronger guy, probably. Um, yeah, I think Naramani all the way here. Joe? So again, since Sean made a general statement, I'm going to make a general statement. Um, it's I think it's a lot more important um, for our millions of viewers to uh, pick up what we, how we're targeting certain fights for DraftKings than actually, you know, who we're selecting to win. And I went back and and I looked at a card where I went, you know, eight and three, but I felt like I totally shit the bed because you know, my targets were wrong. My DraftKings targets were wrong. And then I look back, you know, at another card where I went, you know, under 500, but the, the target fights for DK, you know, all sort of click. So, you know, it's not like, this is not as much of a like wins and losses type of podcast where, you know, we're predicting the winners. Like we're not going to get into any of those competitions with guys who are, you know, just, you know, basing off their wins and losses. You know, this is DraftKings oriented. So with that said, um, you know, Niramani, it's interesting. He's the the highest priced favorite um, odds wise on the card. Um, he is likely going to score score all his points grappling based. He's not um, the highest priced. No, I mean, odds wise. I'm sorry. Okay. Odds. Yeah. Betting line odds. He's not the highest priced on DraftKings, but he's got the highest betting line odds. Yep. Um, I, you know, I see Niramani as having a really solid floor, but a potentially a limited ceiling. I am not playing cash this week for the third week in a row, but I think Niramani would be a solid, you know, free square and cash. Um, I just don't know if this goes into the third round. I don't know if he's going to score enough in grappling to make him a worthy GPP play. And his opponent is taking this fight on short notice. I don't know what that means for gas tank. Um, so my pick is Naramani. I just don't know how good of a GPP target he is. Yep, I agree with that for sure. Next up, Jesus Pinedo, 8,500, taking on oh, Devin Powell, still in the UFC at 7,700. He actually got a win last time out against Alvaro Herrera, which says more about Alvaro Herrera to me, the body shot. And then Pinedo, the, Pinedo, the newcomer, minus 200. Um, Powell, plus 185. Give me Pinedo. Powell's not good. He's bad. 
Uh, Pinedo mixes it up. Decent prospect. A um, little bit wild. I think a little unpolished. He's got a lot of fights for being 22 years old. Things that like 20 professional fights. Um, I, this is a great introductory fight for him. I'll take Pinedo. And at his price, 8,500, there's, again, it's second time that I think the line's expanded to we're getting a little bit of odds value here, and we're going to have three straight fights where that happens. I think these early fights, we have some odds value developing. So I like Pinedo everywhere. Uh, if Devin Powell wins, he will just screw my night again. I, there's no way I'm playing Devin Powell. It just I can't do it. He's horrendous. Joe? So first of all, I have a personal code where I, I never make fun of anyone who sustained a testicular injury, um, and that's Devin Powell. So I'm not going to make fun of him as a fighter. Um, but it's a step below um, Bryce Mitchell's injury, which yeah, if, you, if you don't know about that, guys, go look it up. Yeah, it's probably not quite as bad as Bryce Mitchell's industry in injury. Mm -hmm. um, man, I'm stumbling. Um, so here's the thing. And again, I, I've used this phrase before, the James Tahuna effect. Powell has lost to much better fighters than his opponent has actually beaten. Um, I don't know. I don't believe that the record of, of the fighters that he's beaten has been is all that good. Um, you know, with that said, um, you know, is this a sacrificial offering to a local fighter by the UFC? Perhaps. Um, I am going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to actually pick Devin Powell. And if I get burned by the James Tahuna effect, so be it. I don't have a lot of confidence in this pick. I mean, you know, this is a strange fight. Uh, I just can't lay the number on. I don't like a whole lot of the mid-range um, this week anyway. I think this is more of a stars and scrubs type of of card. But um, well, I disagree with you a lot, actually. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a flyer on on Devin Powell here. It's not with a very high level of confidence, though. If you're an odds based player, um, and I'm not always, uh, but odds based, you have to look at Pinedo too. He's minus two hundred eighty five hundred. I agree. Minus 170 to end inside the distance. And Pinedo inside the distance plus 160. Look, Pretty it's good just, number. I, I, I get it. I'm just, I just want to win. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's just I've never seen this guy fight before. <laughs> I mean, I watched, I've watched a little bit of tape. He's 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 not bad. He's, he looks better to me than Powell. He's a better athlete. Um, Powell does yeah. have that jujitsu, though. I mean, you know. And he lasted three rounds against Drakkar Close. So we'll see. Yeah. Yep, we will. I, I, I like the mid-range a bunch more between this fight and the next one. Uh, but, Chris, what do you have on Pinedo and Powell. Powell? No, I knew who it was. I don't want to say his name again. Okay. Um, no, I don't blame you. I, I, I mean, I, w I was actually really high on Herrera in that fight. And um, for the first two and a half minutes, it looked really good. And then one body kick changed it. Um, it's, it's, it's another piece of information that, uh, you have to add in because up until that point, I had never seen Devin Powell throw a body kick that wasn't for anything other than defense to like keep his opponent off him. But he threw a couple of hard body kicks. And I think as, as you mentioned, uh, there, Sean, uh, his opponent here is, is reckless and actually has been uh, susceptible to body kicks and we've seen them land. So we, we got to, uh, we gotta, you know, throw that throw that in the information bank there. But ultimately, I think the pressure and the power is too much. I think the wrestling game is gonna be too much. I mean, we can talk about Powell's uh, BJJ all we want, but at the end of the day, we haven't seen him use it to any effect in the UFC. We haven't even seen him come close, as a matter of fact. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with uh, 
Uh, now I have forgotten the name. I'm, I'm going to go with Pinedo here. Um, can he get a stoppage? I think he can at that, and I think at that price he could be worth it. But the thing we know about, the thing we know about Powell is he's a tough dude. I mean, he took about you know five really hard, clean body shots from Herrera. One of them dropped him. Uh, he kept fighting. I mean, he almost died after the fight, but he kept fighting. So if he doesn't get a finish, um, that could be something to consider. But you know, it's, I I I agree with Sean. I don't think that Devin Powell is a, is a UFC caliber fighter. So I'm gonna have to go with uh, the aggression and the power and the wrestling game to be enough for uh, Pineda to get a finish here. We spent way too much time on that. <laughs> Loriano Staropoli, 8,200, taking on Hector Aldana, 8,000. And the eight, the lower price fighter is our favorite. Lots of odds value. And this is going to keep climbing, by the way. On five times right now, it's minus 130. Come back on Staropoli, plus 120. I think this will be around minus 150 come fight time. I like Hector Aldana a lot. Um, one of the reasons why I like the mid-range on this card. Uh, Looked decent in his first fight in about three years against Song, against Song Kanan. Won a round, was, I think, winning the second one. Starting to slow down, ran into a power shot, and Song knocked him out. Whereas Staropoli is bad. Like, again, I, I was, I was, I watched this, um, I watched a little bit of tape on Staropoli. He's, he's in there because he is from Argentina, and the UFC desperately needed Argentinian fighters. He is there to be hit. His ground game isn't very good. I like Aldana pretty much wherever this fight goes. I think especially in the feet, I think Aldana will probably even stop the newcomer. Um, this line, though, it's just weird. It opened up in such a weird place. Seropoli opened up minus 320, which is just insane. And now he's plus 120. So give me Hector Aldana. He's a low-level UFC fighter and. I know we've ha- we talked about levels last fight, and DC says it all the time, but it's totally true. There are levels to this. And Hector Aldana, while he's not a world beater, is on a different level than Loriano Staropoli, in my opinion, unless we have another Devin Powell, Alvaro Herrera-type situation on our hands. Uh, Chris, you start this one off. Yeah, I think this would actually even be a little bit worse than the Devin Powell situation. Um, when you look at uh, Staropoli, uh, one, one, the fighters, the records of the fighters that he beats, um, one of them was literally one and oh, his last fight, the guy was one and two. So, I mean, that's literally the kind of, um, that's the kind of opposition we're dealing with here. The one thing I'll say about him is the, the uh, shot that he landed in the most recent tape I could find to beat his then one and oh opponent was actually a pretty nice counter right hand. He sort of, um, you know, Hid, hid behind his shoulder to absorb a strike and then landed a counter flush on his opponent's chin and knocked him down. Um, you know, and I, I have to say that uh, Herrera, is it, right? Herrera? Aldana. Aldana. Oh, Herrera. Aldana. Aldana. Is, that, uh, is this fight, yeah. Yeah, no. Fight, Aldana. <laughs> Aldana is um, susceptible to that. We saw him get knocked out by Son Canan because um, he tends to dip his head on the way in. And Kanan just realized that and threw a straight right hand, and it, and it cracked him. So, um, you know, Staropoli could do something like that. But, you know, I actually liked a lot of what I saw from uh, Aldana in his last fight. He's got really, really big, hard light kicks. He tends to blitz forward with power. He's got a decent wrestling game, uh, tripping, uh, lifting up and tripping out the post leg. 
We saw him do that a couple of times. Um, you have to, you honestly have to assume that um, that uh, Stropoli gets finished here, just because. I, I mean, we saw we've seen him actually get thrown around in wrestling exchanges. Herrera is going to be the much bigger guy. Uh, he's been subbed out as Aldana. well. Huh? Aldana. Aldana. I, I'm sorry. That's yeah. I'm still thinking. You should, you should get away from this fight. But uh, but yeah, I um. Again, could he get hit with a hard counter at some point? Yeah, but otherwise, everything on tape says that Aldana's just going to come and smash, so he's got to be the pick. Joe? Look, there's great odds value here, right? This is tr- there's tremendous odds, odds value. I agree with everything you guys said, but I want everybody to remember two numbers, and those numbers are 1 and 43. And 1 is the number of fights that Aldana's had in the last 43 months. So... Everybody should be cognizant of the fact that this guy is, he's a boxer. He's fought once in 43 months. He looked okay in his last fight before getting KO'd. But, you know, let's not go completely crazy here. Yes, there's great line value. Yes, on paper. I don't know why the line opened the way it did. The lines have been for shit since Nick Kalikas has stopped making lines on, on um, you know, on MMA, on UFC. But, um, let's just keep that in mind here. I, I'm I'm with you. My selection is Aldana, but please remember one in 43. All right, next up, Humberto Bandane, 8,900, taking on Austin Arnett at 7,300. Bandane, the favorite, minus 240. Arnett, the dog, the comeback is plus 220. I like Bandane in this one, riding with uh, the favorite here. But it is hard to get a read on him. He's been in two UFC fights for a combined total of about 90 seconds. Knocked out Martin Bravo as a big dog. Lost, got knocked out by Gabriel Benitez. Um, Mogo Benitez is is legit. Uh, was a dog in both those fights. The Bravo win was a huge upset. Ultimately, I just don't like Austin Arnett. I think he's a little too pa- – he's – He's passive at range. He tries to get these kind of grinding type of fights. And ultimately, I just – I don't think he's going to do enough to get a decision here. I don't think he has enough to finish Bandanay, although Bandanay, maybe he's chinny. Mowgli did did catch him. Uh, Arnett losses to Sandhagen and Dawudu. Does, does appear to be pretty tough. Um, the line suggests Bandanay is going to get a finish. I'm more in the camp that I think our, our, if he does get one, I think Arnett is tough and it will be a late finish. But give me Bandit A. Ultimately, I just think Arnett doesn't have a ground game, a takedown game, and he's a little too passive. He is live to the knockout, though. I do think it's a good fight uh, to target for GPPs, uh, just based really on Bandit history. Joe? Well, on one hand, we got a guy that's fought 4.3 seconds in the octagon. Um, and it, it, at least he he is training at a good camp in Team Oyama. Um, yeah, this is why this card is so, there's so much variance on this card. And then we've got, you know, Austin Arnett, who it comes from the camp that Sean always fades, Sick Jitsu. Um, everyone fades that camp. Who is, you know, <laughs> everybody, everybody seems to fame Sick, Sick Jitsu in Washington. Throw body um, kicks, guys. Just yeah, throw body kicks. Coming yeah. off of three losses. He is a tough guy. I mean, you know, I don't know why Duwadu didn't put him away. Um, you know. Sandhagen, you know, just brutalized them for, for as long as that fight lasted. I, I don't understand the matchmaking here. It doesn't make any sense to me why a guy coming off three losses is flying to Argentina on the UFC's dime um, to fight a quasi-local fighter. 
um, who's fought, you know, 4.3 seconds in the octagon. I don't understand this matchmaking on paper. Um, you know, this should be uh, Uberto's fight on paper. But again, it's another one of those situations where we haven't really seen a lot of this guy in the octagon. Um, so uh, if you're playing mass entry GPPs, you probably want to have one or two shares of, of Arnett. I am going to, uh, you know, pick Uberto here to win. But again, it's another one of those, I don't know, fights. Yeah, we got, we got a bunch of those in this card. Chris? Okay, so this is going to be my first major dog uh, pick of the night. A um, couple things to say about this. Um, I think Arnett got two of maybe the worst style matchups he could have possibly gotten in, in Dawadu and uh, Santagan. You have two uh, slick strikers with uh, deep MMA games who like to throw in combination. And the thing about Arnett is he's – he got a very meat and potatoes pressure boxing game, which I think can um, can be effective if you allow him to lead, which uh, Dawadu and Sanhagen certainly didn't. And and also speaking of which, they're both faster than him too, which uh, is an, is another reason why. The thing I really hate about uh, Band and I, and I said this coming into the last fight against Mowgli, and he obliged. Uh, he did exactly. He did exactly what I thought he would, which is he he likes to let you come forward and and pick you off with a counter, but that that didn't work because Mowgli hit him first. I think that if you are going to let Austin Arnett come forward and and play a pressure boxing game with you, where he gets to lead the whole fight, I just think that's a fight that he can win. And I I don't think a guy like Bandanay has sharp enough counter strikes. To make him pay for it. I mean, the knee he hit on Martin Bravo was nice, but it was also like I don't want to say it was fluky, but I mean, if you ran that back a hundred times, how many how many times does he land it? You know, I mean, that's the way I always like to think of those kind of things. Um, I, I really think Arnett. I mean, I, I'll disagree slightly, Sean. I mean, he's not a, he's not a, a big wrestler by any means, but he does have a wrestling game uh, that he can mm. use here. We, we he might not want to because. Uh, Abandonay is act up off his back, but I really just think the, the, the meat and potatoes pressure boxing game is going to be enough against an ex inexperienced fighter like Abandonay who's going to let you control the fight. So uh, for the discount, give me Arnett here. Okay, let's move on. Alexandre Pantoja, 9,300, taking on Alka Sasaki, 6,900. Pantoja's the favorite at minus 305. Come back on Sasaki, plus 275. I think there is. The, our least expensive fighter on the card is super live. Uh, Alexandre Pantoja, good fighter. 3-1 in the UFC, but his wins, close win against Eric Shelton, beat Neil Siri, lost to Dustin Ortiz, and beat Brandon Moreno. I think this is actually, outside of Dustin Ortiz, obviously, um, this is the worst style matchup he's faced. Sasaki is super long for flyweight. It's also weird we have another flyweight fight, but let's, We'll get past that. Sasaki at range in this one, it, it it's just weird. And he's he's really good in scrambles. I know he was been he was subbed by Juicy A Formiga, but he's scub he subbed Justin Scoggins. He subbed Janelle Lausa. <laughs> uh, he got a sub over um, Gates, Leon, Leandro Issa. 
someone else. I'm forgetting his first one. I don't remember who it was. Um, tons of rear naked chokes in the UFC. We've seen Shelton, Eric Shelton have a little bit of success on the ground against Alexandre Pantoja. I just think in the scrambles, just with the frame that Sasaki presents, he's live off his back. He's live to these scrambles we see at 125. And at range, God, a guy that long in this division, I just, I'm not investing a ton in Alexandre Pantoja as the most expensive fighter on the card. I think Sasaki is live. And while I think Pantoja probably has enough skills to win a close fight, I think it's 29-28 decision. I'm going to pick Pantoja, but Oka Sasaki to me is the better DraftKings play nine times out of ten. Uh, there you go, Chris. I've, I'm taking a dog for DraftKings. I see Joe chomping at the bed. He's going to go second this time. Chris, are you with me on the dog here? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of in the middle. Um, I, uh, you fun I, I, I know. <laughs> all that suspense, and then I'm going to take it all right away. But, um, I, no, I agree with you that he's live. I think he's live in every fight, just for the reason you alluded. I, he's just so such a weird frame for this division that I don't know that guys really know how to handle him. I like he's had success in pretty much every fight he's lost. Go go through every fight he's lost. Uh, uh, Hayes, uh, uh, who was the, who was the who choked him out? Formiga. Uh, Formiga. Uh, that fight he was winning round one. But ha- having said that, I mean we've already seen a, a slick back taker get on his back and choke him out in Formiga. So um, you know we could see that again here. I, I also like. Uh, Pantoja's stand-up is his pressure boxing. I think is what he's gonna have to do against a really long fighter. He's gonna have to. Um, he's he's really gonna have to negate that range, which uh, Suzuki is getting better at using. And um, you know, I I agree with those long limbs. He is a problem. I just I just don't know if I can trust his entire game. You know what I mean? I, like I think I think against a guy like Janelle Lauza. It's an easy pick because Janelle Lauza can't wrestle, but uh, and can't grapple. But against the guy who can do everything, um, it's just it's just tough for me to pick Suzaki. I think that Formiga is the more well-rounded fighter. I think he's got the better skills. Um, I just think he's a little bit better everywhere. So yeah, give me Formiga. Joe. Wow. Um, okay. So I get that you know people you know are down on Novo and Yao as a camp. But Sasaki has only beaten guys that have exhibited poor fight IQ, okay? I mean, catching Justin Soggins in that sub. I mean, yes, it was he had a decent fight against Heist, but I think Heist just toyed with him for three rounds. Um, I expect Pantoja to flatten Usaki here. Um, you know, he's, he's got very bad stand-up. His game is submission from his back. I, I don't see Pantoja as having that type of bad fight IQ here. I get that he's a hard guy to pay up for. This is just, like I said, one of these weird slates here. But I, I again, I disagree with Sean about the mid-range. I think this is a stars and scrubs type of card. Um, I will be using a fair amount of, of Pantoja here. I don't think Sasaki is live as all live at all. I like other guys down in that range. Um, Pantoja, the cannibal from Novo Unyao all day. I like everybody between 8,600 and 7,600 way more 
than Pantoja. Like everyone I would play in a tournament. But Joe, I, was, I, I don't of, even outside of Staropoli and Devin Powell. I don't even disagree that um Pantoja might finish him, but you think it's a waste at sixty nine hundred? Like you wouldn't touch it at all? There are other guys I like. I mean, lower. I don't think no, I have man. to go there when I have Ferreira, Heinish, I have Aldana, I have Botello, I have, you know, I, this mid I have, I have Pinedo in that range, Pajeris, Fabinski we're going to talk about, even Lamas and Elkins. I I don't know how you don't like the uh, mid-range, but... I do agree not. To not for DraftKings. Not for DraftKings. Agree to disagree. That's a good, this is a good one. I, you know what? I... I I'm formulating my hot take in my head already. <laughs> nice. All right. Here we go. Next fight. Michelle, right? Yeah, Michelle Progeras, 8,600. Taking on Bartas Fabinski, 7,600. Progeras is the favorite at minus 125. Fabinski is the dog at plus 115. The one thing I need to see on this fight still, and I know it's, it's – I'm pretty sure it already happened. I just I, I need to go find the videos. They've done stare downs, correct? I don't think I, I've I, seen video of the stare downs. I haven't seen them yet, but I, I think they have. I need to find it because I want to see how undersized Prejeris is at 170. But he's undersized against everybody. I mean, but this but this is my point here. In this matchup particularly, I would have a problem with that. And Fabinski is that relentless grappling wrestling type. I understand Prejeris has more tools to win this fight. Um, his, however, his best tool is BJJ, and if he can't get it there, if he ends up on bottom and Vinsky uses his wrestling to hold him there, you know, it, it, that's an issue, obviously, and just wears out, potentially wears out the gas tank with all the muscle he has. I know he's up at 170. He's still carrying around, around a lot of muscle. By the way, Prejeris minus one, um, Fabinski plus 115 at 7,600. He, um, has a little, just, you know, sneaking up in the odds value too. 115 and 7,600. It's not a ton, but you know, in a typical week that's around 78, 7,900. So savings of, of a couple hundred dollars. I think this fight is good to tra- target and draft. because I think the winner is going to score a bunch. This should be a grappling based fight, a mid range grappling based fight. I like it here. I really and pick, I'm going to be wishy-washy because if Fabinski is just towers over Pacheris, I'm probably going to lean towards Fabinski as my pick. Um, if I think Pacheris just size-wise will be able to keep it upright when he needs to end up on top in some of these scrambles, and that's the way I'm going to lean. Overall, I like this fight a ton. Gun to my head right now, give me Michelle Pacheris at 8,600. But again, it's really – I'm playing both sides of this fight. Joe? Look, I get it. I mean – you know, he's going to have a six-inch height advantage, right? At least on paper. Uh, Favinsky, that is. You know, here's the thing, okay? He's one-dimensional. I, I still believe that Prezeris is going to have a, a, a strength advantage in this fight. Look at look at who Fabrinsky has fought, okay? He took Garrett McClellan to decision. Garrett McClellan may That's be fair. one of the worst fighters in UFC history. Now, now, here's the other interesting thing. Here's the other part of the narrative. I don't think Fabrinsky can hold down Prezeris, which is actually not a bad thing. Because if you look at, like, say, Covington Barbarina, you know, Covington could not hold Barbarina down, so he just took him down 12 times. And that's gold for DraftKings. So will Fabrinsky take down Prezeris and have Prezeris get back up again? I'm sure that that's a possible outcome. Or 
Um, Prezeris clearly has the better jujitsu. He clearly has the better stand-up. Will he be able to clock for Brinsky as he's coming in to shoot for a takedown? Or will he be able to work a sub off his back? Now, on paper, Prezeris does not have great takedown defense. I believe it's 46%, something around there. This is going to be an interesting fight. I do believe that you know it should be targeted for DraftKings. There has been a, a pretty sizable line move. Um, to Fabrinsky. Um, so I think it'll be an interesting fight to target. I just I just don't know how anyone could be super confident in Fabrinsky. I do see him as a semi-live dog in this fight, but, you know, look at the level of competition. I mean, Prezeris has fought so much better competition here, and people consistently underestimate him, and he always seems to come out on top. So I'm going to pick Prezeris for the win, but I can understand wanting to play for Brinsky here. Chris? I can understand uh, for Brinsky too. And especially I know a guy like Sean who loves his wrestler grapplers. You see all those takedowns, but there's a big problem um, that hasn't been mentioned yet. And that's that he gassed out terribly against Emil Mech. Emil Mech had chances to finish him in both the second and third rounds and just couldn't help but connect himself to uh, uh, Bartos and just really give the fight away. I mean, he got so tired. And I, I just think that, as Joe says, if he's not going to be able to hold him down, and I don't, I don't think that he will, because um, I just think that he's not going to be able to finish, and at a certain point, he's going to get back up and gas out. You mentioned the jujitsu edge. Um, obviously, you have to take a shot in DraftKings with all the takedowns uh, for dog price. But I could really, I could really just see, um, I could really just see Bartos, you know, having a good first round coming out and not being able to hold him, getting tired. And, um, you know, um, we all know that uh, Prejeris hits like a truck. It, it would take maybe one of those overhands to really stun him. Um, hits harder than Emil Mech, certainly. So, yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it going both ways, and I could see Fabinski having a good first round, but ultimately I see this fight ending in a preserved stoppage. All right, let's move on to Pollyanna Botello, 8,300, taking on Cynthia Calvillo at 7,900. Let's see where this line has gotten. I actually haven't looked. This will be interesting. Botello up to minus 160, Calvillo plus 150. Look, people, Patello was already the hot pick coming into the week, and Calvillo looked like she was on death's doorstep at weigh-ins trying trying to make weight. Calvillo's a wrestler. Botello has some wrestling. I think she's going to be stronger. Um, by the way, there were points in, in I think, Calvillo and uh, Calderwood that she should have got a takedown and didn't in, in those opportunities. I think Botello can keep it standing. And piece her up on the feet. The issue now is Botello is going to be really, really popular. I think Calvillo is live if she can get a takedown and end up on top. You know, I don't know how good Botello is working off her back. I just, that's her only path to victory here for me. And the energy it takes to grapple, I, I was going to have some shares of Calvillo coming in just because I thought she'd go under owned. And now she's definitely going to be under owned, but now even I'm off. She's going to, she would need that energy to grapple. Give me Pollyanna Botello. I think it's clearly a chalk play, but it's one I'm going to eat this week. Uh, who's starting this off, Chris, for this one? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, 
for the second week in a row, when she's not fighting, I have to mention uh, Aspen Ladd. I mean, you have to consider that, look, these fighters can look like they're on death's door, and um, then when they rehydrate and get some food in them, they're basically fine. Um, I, didn't, I was already picking Aspen Ladd in that fight. This is the difference. All right, all right, calm down. But... But uh, I, I didn't see I didn't see the ceremonial weigh-ins, but I did see somebody posted a little clip of um, of uh, Calvillo walking in. She looked fine. She looked absolutely fine. So um, you know, if if you were if you were going with Calvillo, and then now you're even more going for her because you know people will be off her. I say go for it. I mean, I don't think her striking is all that bad. I think she has a tendency to fall in love with it, which is which I think cost her the. Um, Carlos Barza fight. I think she was doing good on the ground, and then they just started, you know, basically having a boxing match, um, which I don't think um, is her strength. But um, I think she can hold her own. I think she's serviceable on the feet, and I, I just think that, um, you know, Botello has a nice kicking game. But other than that, I mean, her, her striking is pretty underdeveloped. I think um, I I I kind of just see uh, Calvillo being a little bit better no matter where this fight goes. And uh, now that I, I see that she looked okay, I'm, I'm getting smiles over there, so I can't that, wait to... That's, that's craziness. To to think, to think she's you think she's going to be better everywhere? Come on. I, okay, yes. make your pick. Make your pick so wait, I can go. Wait, you think, wait. So, you so what, Calvillo doesn't have jiu-jitsu? What are you, what are you trying I'm to... I'm saying that he's got a severe striking disadvantage Yes. and a severe strength disadvantage. Do you think she's had a severe striking disadvantage? And strength. Yes. I, strength, I think, is, I think, is a little closer. Strength, maybe. But striking, See? I mean, who, wait, I don't understand. She has a kicking game. That's Look, what this, is a, this is a low-level fight, right? This is a low-level fight. Missing by, missing weight by, look, and I understand the, the reason why she missed weight came out. And I always said I would rather have a fighter miss by two pounds than miss by a quarter of a pound. But no one at 115 should miss by two pounds and look that bad, right? So you have that has to play into the narrative. Also, I believe, and, and I'd like to confirm this, she has been spending less time at Alpha Male. I, I know someone, I'd heard this. I don't know that she left the camp altogether. It still shows up on Tech Tapology that she's with Alpha Male, although I believe someone did tweet out um, that she has been spending less time there, um, you know, which to me is a negative. But... Look, this is a tough fight. I mean, you know, getting getting outstruck by Carlos Sparza, um, you know, who's a wrestler, um, you who know, has under, who has an underrated boxing game. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I, look, I don't see how anyone could be confident in either side here. I think what could happen here is this could be an extremely boring, low-scoring fight for DraftKings because Cavillo is going to shoot, and if she can't get that, can't get the takedown, okay, it's going to be one of these ugly clinchy, grindy, striking fights that's going to be, you know, horrid for DraftKings. So play this fight at your own risk. I, I can understand wanting to take a shot with the dog here if you think she's going to get takedowns. That's her path to victory. But this could be a really ugly fight. I think the odds value on Battelle is going to make her really chalky. And if you disagree with that show, you should probably play cash this week. But we'll, we'll move on from there. Marlon Chito Vera, 9,200, taking on Guido Canetti at 7,000. 
Odds in this fight, Marlon Vera, minus 290. Guido Canetti, plus 260. I haven't lost anything that um that Brett Apley has done this week, but I know he loves Marlon Vera. Like, he is his biggest fan. I'm sure he's going to play at least 80% of him. Um, <laughs> by the way, that's exactly opposite. So just, just, just so you're aware, probably. <laughs> the problem is Guido Canetti's not any good. Um, he he got a win last time out against Diego Rivas. You know, he beat the hometown Chilean. He's 38 years old. He's actually looking like he's getting better. Um, the the problem here is it's just a bad matchup. Um, if he goes to take down Chito Vera, he's going to get submitted. And on the feet, while, you know, Kennedy marches forward and throws, and throws big shots, I like the push kick Vera uses to keep distance. I think he'll manage to keep distance using his range. And ultimately, I do think Kennedy will slow down. Give me Marlon Vera at 9,200. I just, again, this is another, I have an issue with, you like stars and scrubs. I have a real issue with stars and scrubs because I don't know about the ceiling of any of these guys up in this range. So give me Vera for the win. Joe? So prior to his last fight against the overtype, overhyped hometown fighter, um, Kennedy was on a one in four run. Okay. Um, not exactly losing to super high competition either. Um, you know, let's just take a quick look at, at who Guido here has. Uh, um, Guido. Okay. Guido. Guido, sorry. Um, Kung Ho Kang. Uh, Brionis. Alejandro Perez. Um, Beltran. Okay, not not higher end fighters. Um, you know, he was losing too regularly. He's 38 years old. He is the hometown guy here, right? I mean, uh Vera has been improving um, as a fighter. Um, you know, his story is pretty well known why he fights. Um, I, you know, look, I mean, Kennedy will rush out um, and, you know, will gas out. You know, if he doesn't get what he needs to get accomplished early on, he'll gas out. Um, I, I do like that, uh, you know, Vera is improving. He's only 25 years old. Um Won his last fight by KO. Had two really tough fights prior to that against Lineker and Andrade. Um, I like him. I like him here a fair amount. Um, you know, we are looking for likely a submission win. Uh, he is priced up. So if he doesn't get uh, the finish in the first or second round, there is a chance that he won't earn salary. But I just can't see using Kennedy much. Um, so I'm on uh, Vera here. Chris? Uh, yeah, I feel like I could um, pretty much just copy and paste all my Vera predictions for the last three or four fights. He always um, is too passive, hangs back, gets himself backed up, loses the first portion of the fight at least, and then in the second or third round comes up and says, oh, crap, I'm, I'm behind, and then starts to push forward and do some work. Sometimes it's enough to get the win. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, that's just what you're gonna. That's just what you're gonna get when you get a, a, a Cheeto Vera fight. I mean, I I like certain things about him. I, I like his build and frame for the division. He's got a good kicking game. He's got good jujitsu. Obviously, he's just so passive. He just gives away so many fights. And as you guys mentioned, Kennedy's gonna come forward and push a pace, and he's gonna uh you know take the fight to him. Now, is is he gonna is is it gonna be a situation where Vera 
gets down on the cards and then has to come back and get a stoppage. He was losing that fight to Willie G. Burin, guys. He was losing that fight. I um I I don't know how you can trust Marlon Vera at all. I um I think he's he's probably the better. We always say skill for skill. He's the better guy. But I, I don't know if it matters if, if you just if you're just gonna be so passive and concede so much. I'm gonna have a little bit of of Kennedy here just because I can't trust Vera to get it done, and I certainly can't trust him to get it done in, in the in the first round or a high volume second round. Look, there are guys I like more in the upper range. Let me be clear about that. There are guys that I like more, um, you know, like Ponzinibbio, and and there are guys I like more. However, <laughs> um, I, I can see the path to victory here. Um, by submission in, let's say, the second round. Someone in chat is saying that Chris's hot take should be that Kennedy scores 170. All hey, right. yeah, <laughs> remember, remember it. Remember there it right here. Cesar Mutanchi Fajera, 8,400, taking on Ian Heinish at 7,800. Lie on this fight. Fajera is the favorite, minus 170. Heinish the dog at plus 150. This is an interesting fight for me in that Again, Joe, I like the mid-range a lot here. I think, especially for tournaments, I think either Fajera is going to get a takedown and submit Heinish quickly, or Heinish is going with the bombs that he throws, knock Fajera out, who, out who we've seen be chinny in the past. I know he's changed his style. Um, you know, decision win over Marquardt, uh, submission win over Roberson. In order for, for Fajera to score well, he has to find the uh, submission. I think on the ground, though, his BJJ is there's a big enough advantage that he will find a submission on the ground. We know about the um, chin issues. I have a hard time trusting this fight for cash for the reason I just laid out on both sides. Um, by the way, just the color commentary on this fight, There's a um, Ian Heinrich has a piece out on the Players' Tribune website um, detailing his time in prison and, and um, uh, one of the islands off his uh, – Rikers I, I Island. Was, not Rikers Island. Um, I mean, he was at Rikers, but I was thinking about the – the island prison he was in. I want to say the Canary Islands outside of Spain. Um, just the prison system out there. It's a really interesting read. Player Tribune, really good uh, piece. It is titled, um, Have You Ever Been to Rikers Island? Which was where he ended up. Um, Pick-wise, though, I'll go with the experienced guy in Fajeda, but I think it's a good GPP fight. Um, Chris? Yeah, I, I actually think um, this is a really easy fight for Fajeda. I, I think this is... This is one of my strongest plays. Now, if if you are a regular uh, Fight IQ listener, and uh, I know you are, you'll know that um, I've I've talked up uh, Marcus Perez as an underrated fighter here. I get mocked for it generally, but if if you like Heinish here, then remember, please, that he recently got finished by Marcus Perez with a arm triangle choke from the bottom. So. Um, that should tell you a little something about his um, BJJ. He wants nothing to do with it. When I, and it's so strange, too, because he's he's a primarily a wrestler, and he's got to avoid guards like the plague. So I, already, to me, that's a limiting factor for him. He's going to try to blitz in with wild strikes, and I mean really wild strikes, uh, to close the distance. And Mutachi has, has been better at keeping range lately, keeping distance. You mentioned that... Uh, that Marquardt fight, I, I, th- I thought he did a great job of, of keeping his range in that fight, of actually slipping shots. I I think that, um, I mean, if 
if Mutachi doesn't roll over this dude, I'll be pretty surprised. Can he can he catch him with when he, with like a big wild shot coming in? Sure, he can. That's it's MMA. That's but the that, piece. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, even 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 so, not that many. I mean, let's be honest. But uh, a couple shots, fine. But ultimately, I as I said, Fahey is one of my favorite plays on the card. I think he gets this done in relatively quick fashion. Joe. Wow. So there's another possible outcome to this fight. Um, Heinrich, a collegiate wrestler, his wrestling could nullify the jiu-jitsu of Ferreira. This could be kind of an ugly, grindy fight, low-scoring decision. Um, you know, Here, Here's my problem with that. Just do you think Fajada can stand in any kind of fight for three rounds without getting knocked out? That's my worry. Well, I, I mean, you know, if, if you believe that, then, you know, you should certainly have some shares of the dog, which I right. will. Um, you know, look, I, I was disappointed in the way that Ferreira fought Marquardt. I mean, you know, that's, that's, you got an aging guy, you know, that's a guy he should have dominated. I was at that fight in Norfolk. Um, you know, Roberson has no ground game, none, zero. I mean, um, so I, you know, that was a good, we, you and I were at that fight. Um, you know, right. So Joe, that was a Joe, Joe, yeah. arm triangle choke from the bottom, Joe. Who? Uh, Heinrich. Right. Oh, okay. So I get it. I get it. Um, you know, but I'm not as in love with Ferrara as you guys are. I mean, I will certainly. I'm not, I'm I, not in love with them. Don't, I will. I will. Me. I will pick him. I, I have a love affair. You can. You can direct your comments to me, Joe. I will cautiously uh, and with some trepidation pick him to win. But I would not be surprised if this turned out to be a boring, grindy fight. Um, low scoring. Um, I will have a few shares of the dog because he's attractively priced. Not my favorite dog, um, but um, I will. I, I'm not going to high weight this fight um, in my lineups, but I will have some shares. I will pick Ferreira to win, but it's not with the confidence that the real Chris Olsen has. But to, do we know? I mean, what? I mean, what I heard on on a broadcast was that he's he was a high school wrestler in some college. I mean, does he even have like a real wrestling? I think it was D three college. I, I think. I mean, yeah, he wrestled in he wrestled in prison. If you read the piece, oh, and that, and that, and that wrestling in prison is for more than just you know fun. So I would so, say so. It's like so. It's like an episode of Oz, basically. No, <laughs> it's, not, it's not American prison. It's just very good. Piece. Very that good. Was, that was good. I love it. Like, like an episode of Oz. Let's, let's move on here because I'm hungry, and yeah, this too. is gonna this is gonna get off the rails. Khalil Roundtree Jr. 8800 taking on Johnny Walker at 7400. As much as I love Johnny Walker, he is he is not the alcohol, and he is the dog. He's plus 160, Khalil minus 170. Huge inside-the-distance prop for this fight. Kill or be killed. Um, look, we've seen Walker knocked out on the regional scene, if I remember right. he's He's been hit before. You get hit by Roundtree, you go to sleep. And Walker has the game. If he, Walker's able to get Roundtree down, he'll win. It's really that simple when um, you're looking at Roundtree fights until he proves you otherwise – this is a great GPP fight for me. I lean towards Roundtree. I've seen the power. Um, I like his striking style. I, I always, I, ever since his first fight on Tough, the fight to get into the house, when he started throwing soccer kicks on the ground to the solar plexus, I've been a fan of Cleo oh, Roundtree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were vicious. And that was one of those moments I'm like, okay, I'm going to like this guy. Um, and I still do. I wish he had some kind of ground game. He's not a world beater. I get it. But because of the personality and who he is, he keeps getting these favorable matchups, and Johnny Walker is another one. So give me Khalil Roundtree 8,800 for the win. 
I'll have a little of both sides, though. This is a great GPP fight. Another one, um, well, this is more of a stars and scrubs than a mid-tier fight, I guess, technically. Uh, Joe, you start this one. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, although I agree that it's a fight to target. Um, I have faded Roundtree in pretty much every fight. Um, you know, even when he fought, you know, the werewolf of Texas, Jolly. I was on Jolly in that fight, and he knocked him out in like four seconds. So I was on him against Saki, which is great. Yeah, so, well, yeah, that was good. So I get it. Um, you know, he hits really hard. Um, he's got no other, you know, facets to his game. I mean, you know, Walker is young. He's fairly athletic. He's six foot five. Um, he's coming off of a six-fight winning streak. Uh, I give him a shot here. I mean, you know, he looked pretty good on, you know, Dana White's contender series, um, Brazil. Uh, yeah, I uh, I think this is a great fight to target. I think you should certainly have some stars of Walker. I don't think Roundtree's a lock by any means. Um, yeah, the win against uh, De Silva is not awe-inspiring, um, but... Again, I think an athletic guy, six foot five. Um, let's see, what camp does he train at? Uh, okay, I don't, I don't see his camp. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess because I faded Roundtree in every single fight in his career in the UFC, I might as well just fade him again here and pick Johnny Walker. So I, I love the guy's name. I love a Brazilian fighter with the name Johnny Walker. Um, and and you should as well, Sean, because that's that's a drink that you imbibe in. I would say uh, I will take jo I will take Johnny Walker here. Um, but but forget about my pick. It is a fight to target for GPPs. So target this fight for GPPs, Chris. Sean, uh, why so blue? Anyway, um, <laughs> that was terrible. Anyway, uh, I was I was I wrote that down before I got here. I paid off. Bang for your bucks. Just buy Green Label. Yeah, but but um, yeah, I I mean I don't know how you could I mean this is just going to be a fun mishmash of nonsense until it ends. Right. I don't really know how you could be confident in either guy. Agreed. Round three, um, is is just you know he he basically just throws from his hip until he gets tired, which generally happens three minutes into round one. And I'm not being uh, I'm not being uh, I'm not exaggerating by saying that his fight against Olajusic. Literally, he came out firing, and he was tired within the first three minutes. Um, now, we, we see a couple different sides of Roundtree. He's either the wild striker who comes forward and gets tired or the wild striker who counterpunches. And we really never know which one we're going to get. Um, he has a good kicking game. I, I, I don't know. Johnny Walker is kind of a monster. I mean, you, 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 you mentioned his size, but with that comes an 82-inch uh, reach. I mean – he, he's a monster. He doesn't always throw, use his length. He's one of these guys who likes to throw jumping knees, like Luis Pena, who we mentioned last week, which drives me crazy. But when he does stick it and throw, stick to the game and throw good straight punches, he's really effective. And he throws high kicks. And I mean, he's he's more of a willing grappler than he is a good one, I would say. But um, uh, Khalil Rountree isn't a grappler at all. So um, you know, Rountree's gonna have to close the distance here. Roger's going to have to deal with some groundwork. I'm going to go with uh, Johnny Walker to keep on walking in a weird and wild fight. All right, co-main event, Ricardo Lamas, 8,700, taking on Darren Elkins at 7,500. Lamas is the favorite. 
you know, the line is falling, minus 160. Elkins at plus 150. Look, we know the story with Darren Elkins. Has some grappling. It's impossible to finish, it seems like. Um, Lamas, back end of his career, still a dangerous striker. Has a little bit of grappling. Um, really, really interesting fight that's projected to end in a finish. Minus 180. No, sorry. Projected to go, go to the judges' scorecards. Sorry. Minus 180 to go to the judges. I think Lamas, this one is so tough for me for skill for skill. Most people are better than Darren Elkins and Lamas is in that camp. It's how much does he slow down? Is Elkins going to be able to outgrit him for a round and a half and steal a close decision? Ultimately, I'm going to pick Ricardo Lamas to win. I can't rely on a guy whose best attribute is his toughness. I've always said that. I think Lamas is just enough to keep this fight standing. Um, the issue is I, I I do think Darren Elkins is going to be one of the more popular plays in the car, which actually makes me like Lamas a little more. So give me Ricardo Lamas at 8,700 uh, as my preferred play. I just don't – I don't think Elkins is able to out-tough him. Lamas could get a finish uh, probably just by, by volume on the ground. But Lamas is the play here. Chris, start us off with a co-main event. Yeah, I, I, I can't pick Darren Elkins in any fight. Um, that That's pretty much – he just gets hit way too much. If if you're if you're a lot faster than him, you're just gonna kill him. And even if you're not like a really fast guy, like uh, Volkanovski isn't lightning quick, but he was quicker than Elkins. Elkins is just so slow. He doesn't retract his strikes um, all the way up. He keeps his, his hands low when he brings them back, which just lets him get tagged up immediately. Uh, he has some pretty nice. I mean, I sort of like how he ends his combinations with body kicks and stuff. And obviously. His grappling is good. It's what saved him against Michael Johnson. But uh, to me, he's just sort of a punching bag. And and his fights, especially recently, have been, um, okay, well, can I take enough damage before I somehow find a way to win the fight? And I agree with Sean. You just can't pick fights based on that. So um, I like this as a nice uh, bounce back for Lamas. I don't think that um, he's got anything like, uh, you know, the power or the in and out skill of an Emmett. I don't think he's got the overall talent of a guy like Bektich. Um, I mean, he did beat Bektich, but we all know what happened in that fight. Um, and he, he was getting massacred until they pull out a Hail Mary in case you don't know. So um, yeah, I'm going to take Lamas pretty, uh, pretty, pretty heavily here. And even if he doesn't finish, I really think he can uh, probably pile up strikes and still put up a decent score. Joe. Okay, so quickly, um, you know, Lamas is, you know, has been hearing the whispers, you know, like he's getting older. He's 36 years old. He lost on a split to Bechtick. Um, he he lost, he got KO'd by Josh Emmett. Um, he has fought such much, the level of competition over, over the course of his career has been so much better. Um, you know, he's pretty much better everywhere versus Elkins. Um, I want to believe that he's going to throw caution to the wind here and just try to be impressive because I don't know that th losing three fights in a row are going to bode well for Lamas. Um, you know, by the way, he was a plus 200 un underdog on that split decision loss to Bechtick. So I certainly see him performing well here. I don't think he's going to be, I do believe that Elkins will actually be higher owned. He's a fan favorite. He takes a lot of damage. Um, I think, you know, Lamas could be a sneaky little play here to get the finish. Um, you know, I guess technically he might be mid-range at 8.7K, and if that's the case, then I lied. Uh, I do like a fighter in the mid-range. 
Um, I, I my pick here is Lamas, and I don't know if it's a hot take, but I see him getting the finish. I, I definitely think think it's in play. All right, main event time: Santiago Ponzinibbio at nine thousand, taking on Neil Magny at seventy two hundred. Ponzinibbio the favorite, minus two fifteen. Magny the dog at plus one ninety five. Every time Neil Magny fights, I say the same thing, and I get crucified every time. Uh, so I, sometimes I know how Chris feels. Neil Magny is criminally underrated, in my opinion. I'm not yeah. saying he's a future champion. He is just people like people love to shit on Neil Magny, and that's not coming off of you know the win over Craig White. I get it's Craig White took down Carlos Condit, um, beat Johnny Hendricks. You know, he lost to Lorenz Largo. What, what's interesting, he struggles against guys who are going to blitz him. He beat, he beat, uh, he beat Gastelum. Right. So he's, he's a long time guy. ago now. Long time ago. Still, he, people love to shit on him for reasons I don't quite get. He's long. He doesn't use his length well. I get it. He will struggle when people blitz him. Look at what Lorenz Larkin did. And that's Ponzinibbio's path here. Ponzinibbio has a vicious lead left eye poke. Which I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you, we're going to see in this fight. Yeah, one on the Gunnar Nelson fight. <laughs> so, this fight though is closer than people think. I'm on the stack for cash. I think it's Santiago early or Magny late. We saw Neil. We we all agreed that um, we're all over the Mike Perry experiment, right? We're all kind of, and even I'm fooled. Like Mike Perry isn't that good, right? He had a a, a war with Santiago Ponzinibbio. Neil Magny uh, takes down Perry, and it's a wrap from there. So Styles make fights. I think if Magny can use Ponzinibbio's momentum coming forward to land one of the body lock takedowns he loves so much, he doesn't. That's how he gets his takedowns, and he ends up on top. Things could get real interesting here. So I know he was submitted by RDA, but he's got a decent top game. Ponzinibbio doesn't have a ground game. Like I said, Ponzinibbio early, Magny late. Um, Magni uh, more likely to win a decision, in my opinion. Santiago needs to blitz, and he's going to, and we'll see what happens. Both in play for DraftKings. I like the stack and cash. Joe, take us home. Okay, so look, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Um, the the narrative that I would add to this is that you know Ponzinibbio is the Argentinian fighter headlining an Argentinian card, the first card the UFC has ever had in Argentina. Is there added pressure on him relative to that? I mean, you know, more demands from media. Um, is it a distraction? You know, we've we've found out from other fighters that that is truly the case. They actually prefer fighting, you know, away from their home base. Um, you know, Magny's got cardio for days. However, the game plan to beat him is quite simple. Just watch the Lorenz Larkin fight. That was the most brutal display of kicking, I mean, to the body that I have ever seen. I mean... Watch, watch him wince on those body kicks. Um, if Ponzinibbio comes out and does that and can avoid the takedown, then I, I, you know, I'm going to pick Ponzinibbio to win here, but it's not without some caution that if this fight gets into the later rounds, um, even given that it's Argentina, <laughs> Magni does have a shot here to pull out a decision if Ponzinibbio slows down, um, you know, perceivably. So... Let's go with, and it's not a hot take because Sean already said it. Let's go with Ponzinibbio early with a chance if Magny hangs around for him to grind something out. Chris, yeah, I I, I like that, uh, Sean. By the way, you said I don't get why people shit on him, and then proceeded to list the reasons why people shit on him, which I agree with. By the way, 
I think that um, look, it's, Roy, it's not I, I just I, I listed the one reason. He, it's he, he, two of them. Two of them. I'll more. give you one more. Okay. I'll give you one more. Um, which Joe alluded to. Uh, light kicks turn him into a quivering mess of of nothingness. You 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 saw uh, Joe mentioned the Lorenz Larkin fight. How about the RDA fight? It was literally one light kick that sent him spinning into a takedown, and then the fight was over. His leg is stuck way out there. San Diego Ponzinibbio, you talk about that Mike Perry fight, had some of the hardest leg kicks I've ever seen him throw in that fight. Um, so that's going to be a real issue. Neil Magny, it, he just he just can't deal with pressure. He just can't deal with it. And and uh, Ponzinibbio is going to give him all of it that he can handle. Um, I, I, Neil Magny, I guess he can beat you if he can out-wrestle you, but, I mean, is that really what we want to hang our hat on? Here is the wrestling game of Neil Magny. I, I just don't think that's a, that's a really smart investment. I, I think um, I think Ponzinibbio, you know, maybe spends half a round to get his range and then knocks him out. I, you know, that's about it. All right, let's let's go for hot takes and let's make these quick because I am I am being called for dinner, guys, and I'm starving. And I'm starving as well. So hot takes alluded to it earlier. The optimal lineup will have at least four fighters from the middle Oof. five fights. So between 86 and 7,600, I think the optimal lineup is going to have at least four of those fighters. So I'm, I'm building a, a lot of mid-range lineups this week. You got one, Joe? Johnny Walker by KO over yeah. round three. Boo! I, you know, honestly, I mean, we'll take that. I guess it play. I don't think that's that hot, quite honestly. I think one of those guys is going to sleep no matter what. But, okay. um, but uh, uh, I will, I will take an underdog knockout. It's not the one, uh, not the one that we were teasing in the open. That's called a switcheroo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take um, Austin Arnett to get the stoppage against uh, Bandanai. Oh, I can see your, that. Both of your guys' um, hot takes would be bad for me. Joe, Joe's less because we'll have both sides. Yeah. But that's that's Fight IQ for UFC Buenos Aires. We'll be back next week for the card in China. There will be a Fight IQ. I may or may not be on, but there will be content for you. Enjoy your holiday. Um, if you don't have time to invest, this is what well, I'll close out real quick. I know I said to be quick. If you don't have time to research a fight, like Joe said earlier, bet with your head, not over it. If you're not, able to do the appropriate amount of research in DFS, play very, very little for fun, or just skip a week. It's okay to miss a week. Oh, by the way, um, Sean, we've got a shout out to the guy who, um, on Twitter, and uh, oh my God, I wish I had his, his handle in front of me. He said, thanks to, you know, content that we provided, as well as as our friend uh, Mike at, at Guru Elite Med Labs, you know, he's up 5,000 for the month, and he is buying uh 500 meals uh for the for the poor for thanksgiving so that was that was um mr joe rogan disciple I don't joe know rogan disciple shout right out now. that is something like that makes it worth putting the time in when you hear that that you know one he's won money and he's giving back that's just solid karma so props to joe rogan disciple for for doing that everybody should should learn a lesson from that and uh he's a funny guy on twitter too you should go follow him and to wrap up just because doing good Guys, go buy. Uh, I'm gonna curse and sorry, uh, Jake and 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 whoever else listening to RotoWire. Go buy a goddamn Ray Borg shirt. Go buy a Borg Strong shirt and let's be done with it. 
Sounds good. Like, don't just be done with it, but go invest. Don't don't get a, get get on the fence. Some of those videos, if you have a kid, they're 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 tough to watch. Go and go and support Ray Borg MMA. You should be doing it anyway, but this is a specific cause that for me, I think everybody really should um, support. And shout out to Brendan Schaub, who some people probably hate taking care of Borg's medical bills. Is the rumor, and he's not going around, you know, asking for a ton of public. That's awesome. Awesome. Pub about it. So. All that being said, enjoy UFC Buenos Aires. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. We will, or someone, will see you next week. Good luck in your contest, guys. It was fun. Take care. Out.